a crypto analyst believes there'll be one last chance to buy Bitcoin at bargain prices. And why is there a frenzy around the Jupiter Exchange's token? Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to know which direction the hype is flying and why, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. Today, we are all over the map to get you caught up on all things crypto. Firstly, we're going to look at research on hacks and scams in crypto in 2023 and how $674 million of it was recovered. Then we're going to do a bit of a spot Bitcoin ETF update as there have been some significant changes with GBTC's outflows. A crypto trader and analyst believes there may be one last chance to buy Bitcoin at bargain prices. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. pledges to end the US efforts to move to a CBDC and the Solana decentralized exchange Jupiter flips Uniswap. I cover hacks, scams and research on them fairly frequently on this podcast. They're simultaneously important to be aware of and a useful reminder that while hacks and scams are prevalent, crypto isn't some illegitimate crime haven that Senator Elizabeth Warren might have you believe. Yesterday, the blockchain security firm PeckShield published data on hacks and scams in 2023 and there are a lot of interesting takeaways. Firstly, the bad. There were over 600 major hacks in crypto in 2023. $1.5 billion was lost to hacks, excluding multi-chain unauthorized withdrawals, and $1.1 billion was lost to scams, totaling $2.61 billion in losses. So that means that 58% of the losses were from hacks, 42% of the losses were from scams, and 67% of the hacks involved DeFi over centralized finance. Now, as rough as that sounds, it is in fact a 27.78% decrease from 2022. So we are at least trending in the right direction. What's more, 679.4 million of the 2.61 billion stolen was recovered, which equates to around 25%. This in particular is a marked improvement. In 2022, $3.6 billion was stolen from hacks and scams in crypto and only 133 million was recovered. So last year, 2023, much less was stolen and much more was recovered. In a statement to Cointelegraph, the PeckShield team gave some reasons as to why we're seeing such an improvement on recoveries. They said, Engaging in active negotiations with hackers can lead to the return of stolen funds. Implementing bug bounty programs or on-chain sleuthing to identify hackers and vulnerabilities in the system can enhance security. So the takeaway really is that in 2023, we made huge strides. So let's push to continue on that road in 2024. Okay, it's time for a spot Bitcoin ETF update, and it's split into the familiar two sides of the equation, inflows and outflows. Grayscale has been engaging in mass sell-offs for some time now, and some analysts believe that they have, in essence, been taking Bitcoin's price and pushing its face into the mud and holding it there. They have sold thousands upon thousands of Bitcoin daily, but is it finally falling? On Friday, Grayscale sold 10,900 Bitcoin, which is around $450 million worth. That is a very big number, but it is still a sizable decrease. So many eyes were on the 12th day of the spot Bitcoin ETFs trading, and now we have those numbers. Yesterday, Grayscale recorded an outflow of 191.7 million. This is still a high number, but it's an enormous drop from the peaks of over $700 million in one day. 
On this topic of the GBTC's decreasing outflows, Dan Crypto on X wrote, I think it's safe to assume that the flows on both sides will slowly cool off from here. So now we turn to the other side of that equation. Bloomberg's ETF analyst James Safar posted on X yesterday the following. Update for the Bitcoin ETF Kentucky Derby after Friday, 11 days. $5 billion out of GBTC. The newborn nine still offsetting those outflows with gross flows of $5.8 billion giving us net inflows of $759 million. Volume continued to slow. So this is pretty impressive, really. The nine spot Bitcoin ETFs have managed to outpace Grayscale's $5 billion outflows. This is mostly a joint effort, though obviously BlackRock and Fidelity are pulling the most weight with roughly $2.2 billion and $1.9 billion in inflows, respectively. BlackRock has also been on a Bitcoin buying frenzy with its iShares Bitcoin Trust ETF now holding more than 52,000 Bitcoin worth over $2 billion. Roger Sony posted some perspective on X yesterday. He said, right now, only 900 Bitcoin are being issued every day. BlackRock clients alone are buying two to five times the total daily production of Bitcoin. And again, we're going to see those numbers tail off. They have to. But it's worth remembering that in under 12 weeks, the Bitcoin halving event is going to take place and that 900 Bitcoin mined per day plummets to 450. Now, speaking of the halving... The past halving events have caused something of a pattern in Bitcoin's price. Just a brief warning, and without going too deep into philosophy, remember that the way things were in the past is no guarantee of the way things will be in the future. However, it can be a strong indicator, and some analysts are suggesting that we're entering into a period where investors should accumulate. The pseudonymous crypto trader and analyst Wrecked Capital posted a thread on X yesterday that discussed the five phases of the halving. I will link to the post and Tom Mitchell Hill's article on it in the description. Wrecked Capital listed the five phases as the pre-halving event, the pre-halving rally, the pre-halving retrace, reaccumulation, and the parabolic uptrend. Essentially, it's a tumultuous time for Bitcoin price with a lot of ups and downs in the lead up to the halving events in April. Wrecked Capital suggests there will be rallies as we get within around 60 days, then heavy retraces, and in 2016 it retraced 38%, and in 2020 it was 20%. Then Rex suggests that people start loading up on Bitcoin and we see a consequent breakout period with all-time highs. So it seems we've already seen a retrace with an 18% pullback, but we could see another pullback still. So this period we're in, according to Rect, could be, and I quote, the final bargain buying opportunities for Bitcoin in the pre-halving event period. It's worth noting that there isn't a map for these things, and some analysts believe that the halving events are a less and less useful metric for Bitcoin's price movement. It would surprise me, given how much the Bitcoin ecosystem has grown and changed over the last four years, that the price behaves how it has in all previous halvings, but I'm not an analyst. What do you think will happen around the halving event? Share your thoughts with us on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags. Central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, have been a real talking point in the lead up to the US presidential election. And the latest to discuss them is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Kennedy posted on X a snippet of a media appearance that discussed the threat of CBDCs. In the video, Kennedy claims that a CBDC will allow the government to know every single transaction a citizen makes and it could lead to blackmail or pressure. He adds that it, a CBDC, is a calamity for human rights and for civil rights. Kennedy is far from alone in this sentiment. We have seen several other candidates talk about it, including Donald Trump. You may remember from a previous episode that Donald Trump said he will never allow a CBDC in the United States. 
It's worth noting, however, that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was the first presidential candidate to accept Bitcoin for campaign donations. We've discussed before how contentious CBDCs are, both in and outside of crypto. Many believe that a CBDC would be a bad thing, and I think I'm in that camp too. As David Attlee wrote in this article, Kennedy shared the example of China, where the local CBDC, the digital win, is linked to an extensive social credit system. And according to US politicians, the government can shut off an individual's access to their funds if the street surveillance cameras detect any form of non-compliance, which is horrendously Orwellian if true. So it does seem as if Kennedy is similar in stance to the Florida governor Ron DeSantis, who took a pro-crypto and anti-CBDC position. I've spoken about Solana a few times of late as the ecosystem sees itself in a renaissance of popularity. If you're a big fan of Solana, you'll be aware of several narratives at the moment that are worth following. However, if you're not embedded in this community, then some of this might surprise you. There has been some real buzz around the Solana-based decentralized exchange, Jupiter. Yesterday, Jupiter topped the 24-hour trading volume charts with $480 million, $10 million than the Ethereum-based volumes on Uniswap. And that is both the V2 and V3 protocol versions of Uniswap combined. This is no small feat. The bulk of the volume was made up by the swapping of the Solana token Sol for USDC and Tether. But over $50 million of the volume came in the form of traders buying and selling the meme coin WEN. W-E-N. WEN is an experiment by the Jupiter Exchange's developers and could be claimed by any Solana user who has interacted with the Jupiter DEX in the last six months or owns a Solana Saga phone. Now, the buzz around Jupiter is primarily tied up with its official token launch. Tomorrow, the Jupe token, J-U-P, is expected to launch and the pre-market Jupe tokens are already trading for around 61 cents, which puts the estimated total value of the 1 billion token airdrop tomorrow at around $600 million. So the question I have is, are we going to see more stories about that banana gun bot sniping a swimming pool full of cheap tokens? How absurdly risky will people go with this one? I did warn you we would be all over the map today. Sometimes there's one big story I need to update you on and sometimes the news is broad. But that is it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. We've had a fair few reviews on Spotify, but we could do with some more on Apple Podcasts. So if you can spare 30 seconds, drop us a review. Okay, have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. (laughs) 